obsessed. <laughs> so you know what I realized? What? During editing, like when <laughs> we say that, like if we recommend something to each other or we say we're going to watch it, we don't have time no. in between how like quickly or how one after the other we have been recording these is at least in the last like two weeks anyway like we've recorded three this week yeah we did what did we do sunday friday and then now sunday again yeah and so i was listening to the one we recorded last sunday which went up on uh saturday the 16th yeah and i was like oh my god big mouth i have to totally watch that and then i'll come report back to you i didn't listen to the fact that i promised to do that until the morning of the saturday where we'd already recorded next week's episode yeah and there's no time by that (laughs) no there's like a negative amount of time we'd have to add something onto the end so um starting fresh i think we're gonna do with that so if i said i'm gonna watch something ignore that and if i say this episode i'm gonna write it down yeah actually ashley is sitting here with a pen and paper today this has never happened before 17 episodes in we finally figured out that we're hopeless and we have no follow through 17 episodes in i'm finally taking notes all right so we'll just put a blanket apology for all the things we didn't follow up on this is probably a lot yeah, I'm not even going to list them because I can't remember. And that's, that's the problem. The pub- <laughs> problem, yeah. Exactly. But um, starting today, we'll try and remember. Yes, definitely. Emphasis on try. <laughs> Once again, no promises. Um, Actually, um, I <laughs> I have something. This is why I know that I'm definitely part of the problem because um, I have a friend and I see him all the time. And I always have things that we say to each other like, oh, we'll talk about this next time. Or like, oh, I'll show you this next time. I have a post-it where I write them down. I then forget to check the post-it. And Ooh. he'll come over, we'll talk about everything else, and then he leaves, and then I see the post-it, and I'm like, fuck. That's a few steps extra of forgetful. That's avoidance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's fun things. Like, um, okay, so last time he was going to come over, I was going to show him tarot cards, mm. because he doesn't know how they work. And I have, like, six decks of them. So I was like, I'll show you how to use them. And uh, I wrote a post-it, and I was like, show him this. Um, it's it's Danny. I don't know if he... Do you listen to these, Danny? Anyways. Don't tell him that you mentioned him and see if he brings it up. <laughs> this is a test for you. <laughs> Danny, we're waiting for you. <laughs> That's creepy. Sorry. It's very creepy. But um, Fuck it. He doesn't know me. I don't care. <laughs> no, if he doesn't listen, he doesn't know. We've just been weird. He knows me. I'm very weird all the time. But um, I wrote on a post-it and I was like, show Danny these. And I put it on all my tarot cards. Completely forgot. That's the problem. You put it on the tarot cards. You need to put it like on your ginger beer. <laughs> I would remember more if I did that. Yeah. I think that's what I need to do. I need to The back of your door? Because the only time you open it is when you're on your way here shopping oh. or when you're letting somebody into your house. That's a good point. Hey. Actually, I have a little poster on my door that says, don't forget a mask. Well done. So that works. See? Yeah. Back of the door. Great right. spot. Actually, I'm going to get a whiteboard and I'm going to put it on the back and I'll just write everything I need to remember. Can we go to Kmart? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, hi, I'm Ash. I'm Laura. <laughs> hi, guys. Mm, wow, yeah. Um, so this is happening. Yeah. I've decided that our intro just needs to be random chatter, and that's our thing. That's um, kind of what happens anyway, because I just press record, and I usually don't tell you. No, it's just <laughs> mid-sentence. You'll be like, we're recording, by the way. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I need a little, like, flashing red light. I actually do. That would be cool. An on-air sign. Yes. Oh, if anybody wants to send us that. We would really appreciate it. You can't. That. We don't have anywhere for you to send things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just share your address with everyone. Let's not do that. <laughs> Let's share yours. No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, the last time we recorded was, what, two days ago? Yep. So, I mean. Have we done anything exciting since then? Um, oh, my God. I went bowling last night. <gasps> bowling. Okay. Tell me about that. Um, <laughs> so, like, I haven't been in, like, probably, like, two years. That's a decent amount of time. Yeah, um, but it was a lot of fun. So it was Victoria. She's lived in Melbourne for a year now. Aww. It's like her one year anniversary of moving, which is really cute. Congratulations. Because <laughs> she's lived in like the same city her whole life before that. Oh, so yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. big deal. Yeah. yeah, and she came over by herself and stuff. Um, so it was, there was five of us. We went um, to out to dinner and then we went to like the arcade and played a bunch mm. of arcade games for an hour. Then we had a couple games of bowling and <laughs> my favorite thing, we were sitting in line like waiting to sort of, you know, um, pay for it and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were like looking and there was some guy's like name on the thing that just said tiger. And then we were like, we could put fake names on the bowling <laughs> thing. Like, we Is got this all just excited. occurring to you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Shut up. Um, 
and we were like then trying to figure out what names we were going to be and all that kind of stuff and I came up with milk, cheese, egg, bread and sugar because it's five of us. <laughs> Which one were you though? That's I was egg. <laughs> I was very adamant about being egg. Of course you are. Yeah, so Steph was milk, Elliot was cheese, I was egg, uh, Tana was bread and Victoria was sugar. Perfect. So it was really, she really wanted sugar. I really wanted egg and Steph really wanted milk. Mm-hmm. So the boys then just had to decide between themselves which ones they wanted to be. Isn't that how everything goes though? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really fun. It was oh. really fun. And I suck at bong. <laughs> I was about to say, how did you go at the actual bong? Tanner's amazing. What? <laughs> amazing. He won both games. Wow. Um, and I think Victoria got two strikes or like mm-hmm. a couple, I got maybe like one or two spares out of two games. Okay. Um, but I didn't lose either time. That's good. That's improvement. Yeah, but I definitely <laughs> thought I would have. <laughs> okay. Well, then surprise yourself. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really fun. Um, okay. Excellent. I had a good time. So uh, who's going first? I think I am. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't remember what my case last time was, but I remember I went. I, re- I remember I went second. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. Well, tell me a story then. Okay. So, uh... <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> no, I just don't feel like And then you leave. <laughs> Shortest podcast ever. <laughs> Except knowing you, you would just, like, record your story anyway. And then just I would like... keep talking as if you were here. And also react <laughs> as if you were here. Is I'd get the styrofoam head that's over there and put it in your place. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> also, I went to message you this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you why later. I'll okay. Put yeah. it in my notes so oh, okay. I remember. <laughs> this is a good system. I'm liking it. Don't read my notes. I actually can't see it at the corner of the screen. So. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I went to message you something this morning and then I was like, oh, I'll save it for later. She'll be here in like 10 minutes. And I opened up my message and I forgot that I changed your name <laughs> in my phone to extended brain fart. And it's still very funny. Yeah, that's that's still hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my case today is by far the most horrifying case I've ever covered. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, I blame you because you special requested it. <gasps> oh, you did it. I did it. Yeah. Uh, Wait, how is it horrifying? It's horrifying. Oh, like, okay. Absolute nightmare fuel. But uh, we'll get into it. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I knew how the cards are coming out, guys. This is genuine excitement. Um, so the case today is the case of Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Jeff. His name is Jeff. What did I say his name was? Marvin. <laughs> Something. I don't know if you said a name. I think you just said I don't said think I could remember. Mongoose. Jeff so, the Talking Mongoose. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So basically what happened was last time we were recording on Friday... I'm about to like walk to my car and Ashley goes, there's a case I really want you to cover. And I'm like, okay, what is it? Tell me. And like with no context, you just go, it's about a talking mongoose. And I'm just standing there like, sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) And you were just like, just look into it. I want to see what you can find. And I want you to cover it on the podcast. And I'm like, I'm going to do this in two days. I'll see you on Sunday. I thought she was going to make, like, I, I mean, I did forget about it. Yeah, amazingly. <laughs> I, I thought that you were going to wait longer and make sure that I totally forgot about it, but I'm very glad you didn't. Bamboozled. Um, yeah, so, okay, this one's really weird, unsurprisingly, by the title. Um, it's absolute nightmare fuel, so strap yourself in, hold on to your sanity, and let's get into this case. <laughs> Yeah, so the story begins in September of 1931 in a place called Cashin's Gap, which is located on the Isle of Man, which, if you're shocking at geography like I am and didn't know where that was, it's between the UK and Ireland. I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought it was in, I thought it was in like the Mediterranean. I don't oh. know why, but I did. Anyways. That's an interesting <laughs> jump. Yeah, I just had no, you know when you like, you don't even know and you're just like. Do you know where the Isle of Wight is? No. It's just south of England. There you go. Yeah. Always learn something. It's not really anything know. special, but most aisles of things are in that area. Well, that I, I kind of by the name. Uh, anyway, so we're on the Isle of Man in Cashin's Gap, um, and it was home to a family called the Irving family, which consisted of Jim, who was the father, Margaret, who was the mother, and they had a 13-year-old daughter named, I'm going to say Voiry, because it's V-O-I-R-R-E-Y. Sure. Voiry. It's probably wrong, but that's what I'm going to say repeatedly throughout this. Uh, the family had previously lived in Liverpool and were actually really wealthy when they lived there because the father had a piano importing business 
but unfortunately it collapsed and he lost all his money and so then they had to move so they moved to the isle of man where they were now extremely poor so like they lived in this farmhouse cabin thing they had no electricity no phone their only form of entertainment was a gramophone fuck yeah which is like old school as hell um and they didn't really fit in well with the locals so they were pretty isolated and very sad But in September of 1931, a bunch of really bizarre occurrences started happening and it all started with bizarre noises coming from inside the cabin's walls. The noises were described as animalistic, but from accounts, they consisted of different animal noises. So it was things like spitting, growling, snarling like a dog, scratching and banging on the walls. I don't think I've ever heard an animal make a spitting noise. Neither have I. (laughs) Um, I was trying to, th- oh, don't, um, don't like llamas spit or something? Llamas do and camels do. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever like heard, heard it. a specific <laughs> noise that I would describe as spitting. All I think of is like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that at the end of the episode. <laughs> Great. That's how it ends now. <laughs> I question my life choices sometimes. I don't. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there was like animal... animal, The main thing was there's animal noises coming from inside the cabin, but it was like all different noises. So they Mm -hmm. were like, I don't know what's in there. There's a zoo in here. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the time, they tried to trap the animal by setting up like physical traps. They tried to poison it and they tried to just straight up shoot at it. (laughs) Because, you know, (laughs) guns and stuff. Um, Imagine they're just standing inside, like, the living room shooting at the wall. That's basically what they did. Wow. Yeah. Um, But they were actually unsuccessful because the creature was just too smart for them. Just just too smart. Um, Sneaky spitter. Very sneaky. Um, Although... Are you writing that down? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Just name the episode. Yep, thought so. (laughs) Okay, although the creature like to mostly hide in walls apparently every now and then they would capture a glimpse of it um, which is a bit creepy um but they described it as a little animal resembling a stoat a ferret or a reason or a weasel yellow in color with a body about nine inches long and it had a long bushy tail that was speckled with black that sounds cute it does sound cute but also it weirds me out because it's long I don't know. <laughs> and like long animals. Yeah, like ferrets have always weirded me out. I love ferrets. They're just like wet noodles. That's why I, yeah, <laughs> it weirds me out. I don't know why. I still think they're cute, but like from a distance. I just, I don't want to touch it. And I. <laughs> You've seen how long my rabbits get, don't you? Well, ra- rabbits are like, because they're poofy. So yeah. they're just kind of like. Remind me to hold Biscuit up later and wiggle him a little bit. Because he gets really long. You've done that before. Have I good? Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about look, him. He does look very noodle-like. But like there's um there, side note there are these videos going around Facebook at the moment um and it's ferret chef and it's like a ferret in a little chef hat poofy thing but he dances like this <laughs> and like wiggles from side to side it's it's amazing but it it just weirds me out and I don't really know why <laughs> um anyway so the Irving family after they've tried to like trap and kill whatever's in the walls they pretty much just resign themselves to the fact that the creature isn't going anywhere and they just need to get used to it. Um, so then what they tried to do is somehow they came to the conclusion that whatever this creature was, was mimicking sounds from other animals. So they were like, let's try and teach it other sounds. So, which I'm sort of like interesting thought process, but okay. Let's educate the thing in the walls. Exactly. And so they basically started like talking to it and the daughter would sing nursery rhymes to it. And unbelievably the creature would start singing back and repeating the songs and eventually started talking. Amazing. Amazing. Um, one day, the creature decided to introduce itself by explaining that it was in fact a mongoose named Jeff. Um, he had been born in New Delhi in India, but he had to escape because he was being hunted. He also claimed that he was 83 years old. He was an earthbound spirit and was also a ghost in the form of a mongoose. Hmm. Let's just all digest that for a little minute. <laughs> Um, Indian mongoose ghost. Got it. Yeah, which I'm also thinking, like, remember Marts Barod? How she had her little mystical Indian man? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's Jeff. It's Jeff. I reckon it's Jeff coming up again. Um, actually, I'll link back to that case later as well, but we'll get there. 
Um, in some other very unsettling statements, the mongoose also proclaimed, I am an extra, extra clever mongoose, but not always kind. Ooh. This is a bit frightening. Um, he also said, I'll split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world. Whatever any of that means. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, and the final thing he said, uh, I could kill you all, but I won't. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, which is like, thanks, but also very unsettling. <laughs> um, if those quotes weren't enough to give you nightmares forever, Jeff's voice was also described as being childlike, very clear and distinct, and about two octaves higher than an average human voice. <laughs> yeah. So it's you when you laugh. <laughs> Basically, but like all the time. <laughs> See, nightmare fuel. Yeah. <laughs> But um, Jeff was right, and he was not always kind. In fact, he was kind of a dick. Um, See, things started off really well for the family, and Jeff had become sort of like a helpful house pet. Um, And he would basically just like chatter away, he would sing songs, and he would alert the family when guests arrived, or if they left a fire burning downstairs unattended. Like, he'd be like, hey guys, like we left a fire going. It's a ghostly alarm system. Yeah, basically. And then they'd be like, thanks, Jeff. And then, you know, it was all good. But then... um, where am I? Oh, um, <laughs> actually, Jeff even expressed that he was very upset that Jim had shot at him and tried to kill him. And then Jim apologized. So I'd be upset, too. <laughs> I'd be upset, too, you know. But, um, you know, they, they, they broke bread and they made peace and it was all, all happy in the house. Breaking bread with a mongoose. Yeah, <laughs> that's, how, that's what I picture people. Doing. I wonder if he has a place at the dinner table. He does. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that in a second. Um. But then, kind of after all that, he sort of just decided to start, like, verbally abusing the family. He would harass Voyeri while she was sleeping and pretty much just became the worst house guest ever. Mm. Um, researching this case, there was, there was like, a lot of different accounts of things that Jeff would do. So I've sort of just compiled them into a big list because, like, I didn't want to leave anything out. Just quickly. Mm-hmm. Is the plural of mongoose mongooses or mongoose? I actually don't know. I think it's mongooses, but that's disappointing to me. Let me do a quick Google. Because I was gonna, I was about to say, don't make friends with mongooses, and then I was like, I don't know if that's right. Don't make friends with mongoose. It's mongooses. Hmm. Well, either way, don't make friends with mongooses. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Actually, I googled what a mongoose looks like because I didn't know what it was. They're actually pretty creepy looking. Hmm. They, they remind me of, like, nasty meerkats. Because, like, meerkats are really cute. And they're, like, meerkats. Say, say hello. And mongoose is, like, they have, like, these teeth and they snarl at you. And they're kind of freaky looking. That's kind of cute. That is the only cute picture I saw. <laughs> but the rest kind of freaked me out. And the caption says, trust a mongoose in times of trouble. I don't. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> Particularly not after this story. Yeah, they do kind of look like weird meerkats. Oh, look, there's a meerkat with some mongooses. <laughs> He's sitting there like, look at my bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys can't see what we're looking at, so we're going to no. move on. Yes. Um, so, yeah, basically, I just made a giant list of all the things that he was said to do because it was all really interesting. So, um, it's a lot. Uh, okay, so what did Jeff do? Uh, in one quote from a website, he had an intimate knowledge of various makes of motor cars and took great interest therein and in flying. Uh, he often spent days studying the latest machines, could, pl- could play ball, coughed in a manner which was absolutely human. <laughs> so is me. <laughs> um, he had killed 118 rabbits, but was careful not to do so out of season. Yeah. At least he follows hunting laws. That's premeditation mongoose murder. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Call the mongoose, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was something of an arithmetician mm-hmm. and could transform him cra- could transform himself into a cat. Yeah. Um, he spoke mainly English but could also speak some Russian, Manx, which is a Gaelic language. Hebrew, Welsh, Hindustani, Flemish, Italian, and Arabic. Why the fuck does he know how to speak Flemish? I don't know. <laughs> um, he could sing and dance. He would take the bus into town and then bring back gossip that he had overheard. 
um, and then he would share it with the Irving family. Gossip mongers. He actually was. He would also do this within the family as well. So he would like eavesdrop on conversations and then go tell other family members about it. What a little shithead. I told you, he's a dick. There was actually one particular time, which I talk more about the media kind of later on, but um, there was a, a journalist that had come to talk to the family and he, I think he was talking to Jim. But he mentioned Margaret's shoes. And so Jeff overheard that and then went and told Margaret that they were talking about her shoes. Which is rude. The fuck, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> I told you, this is a very weird case. Um, he would also yell abuse at the family members, particularly the father, Jim, who he liked to call a fat-headed gnome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Same. <laughs> Me too, Jim. Don't worry about it. Yep. Uh, he is also quoted as saying to the family at one time, I have been to nicer homes than this. Carpets, piano, satin covers on polished tables. I am going back there. Ha ha ha. Then do it, dick. That's what I said. <laughs> I was like, then fucking get out of here. Like, what are you doing? He just wanted to be an asshole. He would eat bacon and sausages with the family, which <laughs> is why he has a place at the dinner table. So That's cute. Me. Yeah. I wonder if he used a knife and fork. I really hope so. Like little I don't think things. I don't think they have thumbs. You could like grip it like that, <laughs> <laughs> like an infant. Yes. <laughs> um. Apparently, he also had telekinetic abilities and would like move things around the house. Um. And in a particularly frightening incident, um, the family had actually locked him out of a room and they barricaded the door so that he couldn't get in. And he somehow made the door bend and push in until it burst open. Wow. Which is terrifying. Um, he would sing a rude version of Home on the Range. <laughs> which I'm like, I want to hear it, but I couldn't find it. Um, he would throw stones at the house or at family members. He would give tips on horse races, in particular, also to a reporter who had visited and apparently like told him which horses were going to win. <coughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, he would intimidate Voiri. Um, she was really afraid of Jeff and would often ask to sleep in her parents' bed at night. Um, however, he would follow her around and he said to the family, I'll follow her wherever you put her. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, he's a bit of a sex pest mongoose. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so obviously the story of the talking mongoose who decided to terrorize the family became pretty popular, both with journalists and paranormal investigators. Um, so they all started showing up and they were all trying to catch Jeff for themselves and all that sort of stuff. Um, most of these people were unsuccessful. However, a handful of them were sort of like, yeah, I saw him or like I spoke to him or like the stories about, um, you know, sharing information or, um, getting horse tips that I mentioned earlier. But a lot of those I'm sort of like, mm, did you know? <laughs> um, because the other thing is there's no pictures which they had cameras back then and there is there is a picture which Jim claims shows the mongoose but I stared at it for 10 minutes I could not see a mongoose in the picture you'll look at it while you keep talking okay um so yeah there's sort of no pictures which I'm sort of like if he was this rampant wouldn't there be at least something is it Jeff with a J or with a G with a G okay and there's only one F as well that's wrong yep um I actually looked up how to say it because I was like is it Geff is no. it, Jeff? <laughs> it wasn't it was pronounced Jeff um, which I think is pretty odd like there should at least be a picture or something um, so the most notorious visitors to the Irving household were Rex Lambert who was the founding editor of BBC's The Listener magazine um, and Harry Price who was a renowned psychical researcher who also helped to debunk the pictures of Mark Burroughs ectoplasm oh mm-hmm he was part of that. So he, he didn't go see her, but he weighed in on all the pictures and he was basically like, these are completely fake. Like, guys, seriously. So he was really renowned. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so Jim Irving had actually written a letter to Mr. Price inviting him to come and see Jeff. So it's not like they, which I kind of found a bit fishy, to be honest, because it's not like they found the case and were like, we got, we've got to go see this. They, he, he actually like invited them. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I was sort of like, mm, okay. Um, and to be honest, like Mr. Price apparently was very reluctant to go. Like he didn't really want to go. He didn't really believe it. But eventually he kind of 
went into pressure. He's like, I understand ridiculous things, but this is a different level yeah. of ridiculous <laughs> He's things. He's like, this is bullshit. I don't want to waste my time. But eventually, like, enough people were interested. Enough- Maybe he just doesn't like mongooses. Maybe. I mean, I don't like mongooses, so I get that. <laughs> um, but eventually, like, he did agree to go. I think mainly because, like, journalists and shit had been like, yeah, no, like, I saw him too. And so he was like, ugh, fine. Yeah. So the two of them went and... Long story short, nothing happened. No. Oh. Just to cut it short. Like, I, I found Was there at least a mongoose there? No. Oh. There was just nothing there. So, basically, uh, the two of them went there and they did their best to try and coax something out, to try and see Jeff, to hear from him. They even sat there asking an invisible mongoose to throw rocks at, him, at them. They were like, throw something at us. Like, we don't care. Um, so, they did their best, but he absolutely refused to appear. Like, just nothing happened. Um... However, apparently, after the pair left, Jeff did reappear and he said that because Mr. Price didn't believe in his existence, he didn't want to come out. Yeah, because that's how you deal with non-believers. Well, exactly. Don't worry about showing them anything. Well, that's my whole thing. Like, you know, instead of proving a skeptic wrong by appearing, he hid. Like, good plan, Jeff. You dick. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What's really interesting about this visit, though, was that Harry Price actually went on to publish a book about Jeff called The Haunting of Cashin's Gap. And in the book, um, he says that even though he didn't see the, the talking mongoose for himself, he really struggles to think of a motive about why the family would lie about it. Um, so this is a direct quote. He says, I agree that the whole family must be mixed up in it, but there still remains the question of motive. It definitely is not to draw people to Cashin's Gap because they do their utmost to keep them away. The motive for the imposture lies much deeper than mere publicity. So he's sort of sitting there being like, I didn't see it. It could be fake, but I just don't know why they did it. That's weird. Yeah, which I'm also like, if you went somewhere and you were a paranormal investigator or a psychical researcher and you saw nothing, would you then want to publish a book about how you saw nothing? Yeah. That was a bit odd to me. Also, Um, how do you write a book about not seeing anything? Well, exactly. I (laughs) I couldn't find the book. Okay, I found the book itself, but I couldn't, like, read the pages of it online and mm. couldn't get the book, obviously, um, in time to record. But I think he basically just talked about, like, all the stories that he'd heard and how it sort of came to be. But he was like, well, I went there and I didn't see anything. And, you know, there's lots of pictures of, like, people trying to find Jeff. Like, you know, they're, like, knocking on the walls and they just sort of, like, walk around the property. But there's no pictures of Jeff. And I'm just like, interesting. Hmm. Um, Some other explanations for the talking mongoose include that possibly Jim, the father, had a split personality and that Jeff was actually an alter, which I'm sort of like, "Mm." plus, I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard of an alter being. It sounds more like Jeff, the mongoose, has split personalities. Yes, that I would believe. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think it was like some psychologist weighed in and he was like, oh, I think that Jim has like multiple people. And I'm just like, that's not really how that works, but okay. We'll go with that. Um, maybe Jim is a witch. Maybe. Did Always get, confirming witches. Did they get a doctor to come confirm the witches? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Um, <laughs> probably my favorite theory, though, was that Voiri was apparently said to have amazing ventriloquism skills. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so apparently this was like a hobby of hers and she really enjoyed it. Um, so a lot of people just said, oh, well, this is just Voiri, like doing shit. But... Some people would sort of be like, oh, yeah, like whenever we hear Jeff, it's always coming from Voyeur's direction. But then a lot of other people didn't say that. They were just like, no, he's like coming from inside the walls. So I guess that would explain the really high voice. Yeah. Like if, if she's like a 13 year old girl, it would make sense. Mm. But that's that's kind of the one I'm sort of like, mm, possibly. But because um, why do kids do anything? There's never a reason. Yeah, I reckon she was just, like, maybe really angry at her dad and was like, I'm going to start fucking with him by being a mongoose in the walls. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I always used to dub on my dad when I was a kid whenever he would do something that I knew mum wouldn't like. It sounds like that's what Jeff was doing too. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's kind of really hard to sort of pull that all apart and be like, mm, I don't know. Because everyone's sort of like, oh, no, I saw him. Oh, no, I didn't see him. Oh, yeah, he came from Voyeur's direction. Oh, no, he didn't. No one can agree on anything. Um, but the mystery of Jeff the Talking Mongoose remains unsolved to this day. Um, however, in a 1970 interview for Fate magazine, which was about 40 years later, 
Voyeri swears that Jeff was real and she says, yes, there was a little animal who talked and did all those other things. He, w he said he was a mongoose and we should call him Jeff, but I do wish he had let us alone. Um, she eventually passed away in 2005 and still was swearing that the story was real to that day. In a very interesting fact, when, Je when Jim Irving passed away in 1945, Margaret and Voyery left the cabin where Jeff was supposedly residing and moved to the mainland. A man, a man named Leslie Graham bought the cabin, and in 1947, he actually trapped and killed an animal that seemed to be, and I quote, neither ferret, stoat, nor weasel, and matched the exact description of Jeff. A few years later, though, the cabin was completely demolished, and that's where the story of Jeff ends. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> bye, Jeff. Yeah, bye, Jeff. Like, I, I just really don't know what to make of that. Yeah. whole thing like i must admit i for some reason i thought that when you said talking mongoose i thought it was like a metaphor and i was like oh maybe it'll be like something metaphorical <laughs> no it's a real talking it's a mongoose. real talking mongoose and i read all these articles on it and i was just like oh my god <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> but um i like to think that there was a mongoose that lived in the house mm. like but i i i don't i don't think that he was talking no, mongoose. well, other people were sort of like, oh, maybe it's it's the whole like, oh, maybe it was like a shared delusion thing where like maybe there was a mongoose in the walls and they probably do live in the like living in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, with the only entertainment as a gramophone, I could understand going a little loopy. Yeah, yeah, maybe they just all fell for it. Well, that's the thing. Like, I can't stand to be in a room that's completely silent, so I always have the TV going. So if I was in a cabin where I only had a gramophone, I would be nuts in like a week. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was a shared delusion. There was a mongoose that lived in the walls and they didn't get to sleep for such a long time because there was a mongoose living in the walls. Yeah. That they thought he was talking to them. Well, it also, that kind of explains like the escalation of sort of like, oh, it was like animal noises, but then it started talking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think case cracked. Yeah. Like it solved it. Definitely. And I don't know how they can claim that they were like teaching it to talk when then all of a sudden it knows all of these other languages as well. Well, yeah, that part made no sense. Plus, I was also like, okay, this is like a, a poor, like a, they became poor, but this is like a family who lived in Liverpool and then moved to the Isle of Man. How could they even identify all of the languages? Like, you know, sometimes you hear like a, a language and you're like, I know that's not English, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, how did they know it was Flemish? <laughs> that's the one that gets me in there, by Flemish. Yep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the story. Thank you. You're so welcome. I love that. That one really pushed my sanity. <laughs> I enjoy that story because it just, it's so stupid. It's so stupid, but it's also like, did it happen though? Actually, one, actually, another interesting thing. I didn't write this in because I didn't know how to work it in, but every article I read, they gave this bit of history about um, like the, like the history of talking animals in society because it's actually a it's a recurring theme. Like the best example they gave was, you know, those videos on YouTube of like, and I quote, dogs talking. Mm. Like they're just sitting there being like, Hur! and they're like, no guys, like he's talking to me. And they were talking about how the reason, like a reason why we might be so fascinated with it is that it's like a whole, it shatters the illusion that what makes humans humans is our ability to communicate and speak. So if animals can do it too, it like, <laughs> blows everything apart yeah but there's things like you know um they think bears are really close to humans and they taught a gorilla how to use sign language and he knew like two thousand signs and could communicate and so all these things sort of that's why we're so obsessed with it but the fact that it was like a talking mongoose like yeah it's absurd but everyone just became obsessed with it it's like oh my god my favorite talking animal is that cat that when she walks into the kitchen and goes well hi there <laughs> That's my favorite talking animal. They're just all great. <laughs> well, it's like, actually, that's the other thing they're trying to do. Um, people keep trying to train their, it's mainly dogs and cats, but to communicate using all these buttons on the floor. Yeah, I've seen, seen that. I don't know how much I believe it because I think it's, I don't think they're using the language. I think they're associating actions with actions. It's, it's Pavlov. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a. He's like, um, oh, when I press this one, my human gives me food. And when I press this one, my human leaves me alone. And like. When I press this one, I go outside. When I press this one, she'll take me for a walk. Like Yeah, it's the same yeah. as using hand gestures or something. It's just you're using buttons on the floor. Yeah. But all these people are like, oh, no, my dog's talking to me. I'm like, he's really not. Though. He's not going to ask how you are. No. <laughs> um. 
You'll have to fill that void. He's not going to confront you about your drinking problem, Sharon. <laughs> no one wants that. <laughs> so, let me just check. I was just looking at my notes. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, my story is a. Uh, oh, okay. it's a bummer. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That's what I needed today. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but, so my story is relevant to the time that we're recording and when I wrote it, but when it comes out, it comes out on the 30th, so it'll be like two and a bit weeks Yeah, it's the from s- now. 17th it's the seventeenth today, yeah. um, and it'll come. It'll come out on the thirtieth. So it is relevant to something that's happened recently. But by the time it comes out, it's probably out of the news. So okay. So at the time you're listening to this, just cast your minds back to the seventeenth of January and join us here today for the story. How good was that? That was all right. Sure. Thank you. Okay. So <laughs> this is the murder of Bobby Joe Stinnett and the execution of Lisa Marie Montgomery. Oh, okay, yep. So, as a child, Lisa Marie Montgomery and her siblings lived in a pretty abusive home. Mm -hmm. Montgomery was abused directly by her stepfather and indirectly by her mother. From 11-year-olds, Montgomery, at the time, she was Lisa Marie Movant. I think it's it's M-O-V-A-N-T, so it's either Movant or Movant. Movant is fine. (laughs) Um, Also, I had to go through, like, four different court documents to find (laughs) Maiden name. Is that why you had 19 tabs open? I had so many tabs open. (laughs) Well, the thing is, like, I had... So this happened probably... The actual, like, main thing happened in 2004, right? And it was a big deal. There was lots of news articles on it. Then there's also a lot of stuff that came out recently. So a lot of it was me cross-checking the facts that were reported as the crime was happening Mm -hmm. and the facts that are reported after everything happened. Also, the stuff, like, sort of in the middle, like, trying to cross-check and actually confirm things because a lot of things would say one thing and mm-hmm. some other things would just have these random facts thrown in and I'm like I have not seen that anywhere else where did you get that like yeah. <laughs> you know so there was a lot happening while I was researching yeah. this um so uh from 11 year- years old she was sexually assaulted by her stepfather when she was 13 he built a room in their trailer dedicated to the assaults where he also stored his alcohol Jesus Christ yeah, Montgomery would drink this alcohol from 13 and develop a, um, I wrote alcohol addiction. I don't know why I didn't just write alcoholism. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, when Montgomery was 14, her mother walked in during one of the assaults and for reasons unknown, perhaps to protect her husband or whatever, Montgomery's mother actually threatened her daughter and held a gun to her head to prevent her from telling anyone. Oh my God. Um her mother would then go on to allow groups of strange men to assault the young teen for cash or to expunge debts where sometimes it would end with her being urinated on by the groups. Jesus. Um, one of the, so she actually had a few siblings. Um, one of the siblings was at a point adopted out to a foster family. Um, but she never told anyone about the abuse or what was going on in the home. She did go on to say that later both a pediatrician and a police officer knew about the conditions of the home and the abuse, but never did anything. There is also reports that Lisa's school knew due to her behavior and her disheveled and uncared for appearance, but never took the needed steps. I mean, sometimes this stuff isn't true, but if it is true, that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, apparently, the police officer that knew was like a family member and he was like a very like one, two week on the job kind of just came out of recruit school kind of thing. He didn't know what to do or oh even how to like ask her about it i guess because she's like 13 yeah. 14 why wouldn't he like go to a supervisor or something and be like i've heard this like i don't know it was also a tiny town mm, shit yeah um when montgomery was 18 she married carl bowman a delivery driver for a local restaurant um now this is one of the reasons i had 19 fucking tabs open at one point is right. that i saw in only one article that bowman was actually technically her stepbrother because his yeah. his dad and her mum had gotten married but divorced after like a month or two. Okay. Because the mum apparently had like six to eight husbands in yeah. a row kind of thing. Okay. So I don't know if it's relevant, if it's true, whatever. It was just one of the reasons I had so many things open. Because once I saw one thing that didn't add up, I was like, fuck, now i got to like co- yeah. cross-reference <laughs> everything. Like, is this listed anywhere else? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are some things in here as well that, like, I didn't include because the only person I could find that was saying it was, like, one of her lawyers. 
Okay. And there was also a really big article about, like, in America, he is the lawyer with the most amount of, like, clients on death row that he's, like, lost their cases. That's So I sort of didn't about. trust him. <laughs> okay. Um, this sounds like it's going to be a very, like, tough to pin down kind of case where there's just a lot of things that could be true, might not be. Not no, sure. not really. It's mostly just about, like, her upbringing okay. where there's lots of, like – uncertainty everything else definitely happened right okay with this marriage she was able to move away from her abusive parents um the couple would go on to have four children of their own Mm -hmm. uh the youngest of the four was born two months premature oh um and montgomery's doctors told her that they didn't believe she would ever be able to carry a baby to term again okay so they recommend that she have a procedure called tubal litigation Mm -hmm. so that's a a form of permanent female sterilization yeah so it's irreversible. She did. Mm-hmm. Um, and in court, they do produce these documents saying that th- she signed it. She knew what she was signing. Like, this happened. Okay. Um, before the end of their marriage, Montgomery would claim to be pregnant another two times after the sterilization. Interesting. The couple divorced and Montgomery, who would have been Lisa Bowman at that point, moved to um, Melbourne, Kansas. A tiny, like, less than 300 people town. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and eventually remarried uh, at 32 to Kevin Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Throughout the next four years, Lisa Montgomery would claim to be pregnant multiple times. Uh, the first time she told her husband she was going to New Mexico to get an abortion. Uh, the second time she claimed there was something wrong with the baby, that she had miscarried and then donated its remains to science. Um, there was a point where a member of Montgomery's family had actually told Kevin about the tubal litigation, but Kevin had no idea what the procedure really meant so he just believed her about pregnancies right okay so he i think it was his sister did put out there that like he wasn't um he was good with like common sense but when it came to things that needed a little bit more understanding about anything he sort of just had no idea okay so So, you get what's in in front of his eyes but yeah okay yeah um in April of 2004 Montgomery attended a dog show in um I think it's Avaline Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, there she met Bobby Joe Stinnett. Bobby Joe was 23 and her husband Zeb uh, were rat terrier breeders out of their home in Skidmore. Okay. What a title. <laughs> right. Um, and Skidmore's in Missouri. Okay. Uh, it was around that time that Montgomery claimed once again that she was pregnant. This is like five times now or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the two men were, bu- uh, the two men, that's not right. <laughs> The two were both active on a chat room for rat terrier enthusiasts called Rat-a-Chatter. <laughs> is a website for everything. I know. <laughs> and it's 2004 as well, so it's definitely like AIM or something. Yeah. Like, oh it's man. a chat room. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Retro. <laughs> Mid-2004, Lisa Montgomery still had custody of her two children from her first marriage. Mm-hmm. So two of her four kids. Um, Her ex-husband, Carl, in an effort to get his children back, threatened to expose Montgomery's history of lying and faking pregnancies as evidence as to why she is not fit to care for the children. Mm. So he knows that she's faking it again because he knows that she's had this surgery. She can't get pregnant. So a custody hearing is set for January 25th, 2005. Okay. Montgomery tells her ex-husband, I'm going to prove you wrong. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) At the end of 2004, Montgomery used a fake name on the Rat-a-Chatter chat room, which is just such a <laughs> sentence. Um, Rat-a-Chatter <laughs> chat room. Uh, Darlene Fisher. With the email address fisher4kids at hotmail.com, which I know is meant to reference the four children that she already had, but it just makes me think of like a 1920s mafia nickname fail, like Johnny Two Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some like to catch a predator very obvious username yeah it's not very covert no no um posing as darlene fisher from northwest missouri montgomery spoke to bobby joe saying she was looking to purchase a dog as a christmas gift the two arranged to meet yeah on the 16th of december so the day before i turned 10 years old (laughs) um after promising to call her mother right back and with her husband zeb at work bobby joe eight months pregnant welcomed lisa montgomery posing as darlene into her home as Bobby Joe was crouching to place a puppy into a pet carrier, Lisa Montgomery wrapped her homemade garrote made from a clothesline around Bobby Joe's neck. Montgomery strangled Bobby Joe until she was unconscious. Then she took to her ab- abdomen with a steak knife. Yes. 
During the attack, Bobby Joe wakes up. Oh my god. She fights back against her attacker, grabbing at the knife and managing to pull out some of Montgomery's hair. Montgomery was able to get behind Bobby Joe and again strangled her, this time killing her. Oh my god. Montgomery removed baby Stinnett from her mother, cut and clamped the umbilical cord and left. This is so bleak. Mm-hmm. Bobby Joe Stinnett would be discovered an hour later by her mother, who was concerned after not hearing back from her. Becky Harper, which is the mum, uh, described the scene to emergency dispatchers as if her stomach had exploded. Oh my god. Yeah. On the drive home, Montgomery pulled into a Long John Silver's car park in Topeka, just an hour from her home and two hours from the crime scene. So they lived about three hours away from each other. Okay. She wiped baby Stennett clean with baby wipes and called her husband Kevin. She told Kevin, who was under the assumption Montgomery was also eight months pregnant, that she had gone into early labour while Christmas shopping and had given birth at a local clinic. I have very strong feelings about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Authorities, local and federal, were instantly on to the last person to have communication with Bobby Joe, Darlene Fisher. Mm, Miss I have four kids. (laughs) Yeah. While attempting to trace the location of the emails sent to and from Fisher for kids, authorities were met with a complication. An Amber Alert had never been used on an unborn baby before. And because they had no description since the baby had never been seen before, the alert was denied. Oh, my God. You don't even think about shit like that. Right? Oh, my God. How do you describe a baby that you've never seen? Yeah, you can't exactly be like, okay, it's fresh baby. Yeah, fresh baby. It looks a bit like a frog, but like human. But you're not even sure. No. Like, you don't know if it has hair. You don't know what color eyes it has. No. You know? You don't know how big it is. Exactly. Oh, my God. Um, thankfully, uh, after inf- intervention from Congressman Sam Graves, the alert was allowed and sent nationwide. So this was the first Amber Alert ever for a baby that nobody had ever seen before. That's like cool, but in a really horrible way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next morning, Lisa, Kevin and their new baby girl, Abigail, were trotted around town. They had breakfast at the local cafe, went to the bank and stopped by some other public areas to show off their new baby. So she's walking around saying, like, I told you. Yeah, I was pregnant, bitches. This is my baby. Yeah. Also, I love that this is, like, supposedly she had the baby yesterday and she's, like, going to cafes and stuff. Right. (laughs) Right. That's not right. Yeah, that gets me too. Like, I get it was, like, a small town or whatever. So, like, maybe they'd send you home. But you're not going to the bank. No. And and most people would know that after you've had a, had a baby, you're, you're not in a great state. No. You're, I mean, okay, maybe you're like a tough cookie and you go out for your morning breakfast, but you're going to be hobbling. You're going to be like, Oh my God. Ow. Yeah. You know, that was very mild by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) so the afternoon of December 17th, 2004, I was 10 on that day. I love how you just relate everything back to your birthday. It's really close, okay? <laughs> Sorry, I do the same thing. Yeah. I think I did it last time. Actually. You did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the FBI had traced the online communication to the Montgomery home. Okay. Um, pulling up into the driveway, Randy Strong, who was a local policeman, described the chill he got down his spine when he was greeted by a pack of rat terriers. And he knew that their killer lived here. Oh, my God. Kevin Montgomery... Thinking absolutely nothing untoward. This poor man. Like, he's got no fucking idea. He's, he's just got his head in the clouds. He's just got no idea what's going on. He just lets the police in. Yeah. Because he's, he's like, there's nothing here. wrong. Come meet my new baby. Yeah. yeah. There they found Lisa sitting on the couch with a tiny five-pound baby in her arms mm. watching the Amber Alert. Oh, my God. That's so small. So tiny. Okay. Oh just God. imagine. I just think about the tiny little fingernails. <laughs> I love baby fingernails. It's so small. See, okay. This is why I'm not ready for kids because all I can think about is how small and squishy they are and it just really frightens me. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, it's like a tiny tadpole. It's not, not that small, but like just... It's Comparative squishy. wise, yeah. Yeah, because like new babies, like they're so friggin' fragile. It's frightening. And mm. so she's got like this... Like it's only eight months as well, so it's premature. Mm. And it's tiny. It's five pounds. And she's just like ripped it on out. She's walking around with it. I'm just like, is the baby okay? You need to stop. Yeah. Oh, um, so after changing her birthing story multiple times, first she started saying that she b- gave birth at the clinic. Mm-hmm. Then she said she gave birth at home with some female friends. And then she said she gave birth at home alone. Mm. Uh, Montgomery eventually confessed to the murder. 
she was arrested, um, charged, and the baby who had to have a DNA test to, to be confirmed to be baby Senate was returned to her father, Zeb. Aww. Her name's Victoria. Aww. Victoria Joe. That is very cute. I know. <laughs> Um, Montgomery pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity in 2007. Her insanity plea was diminished by the fact that abuse is not an excuse for murder and that in the weeks before the crime, Montgomery had watched educational, heavy quotation mark, videos of live C-section births described as from first cut to last stitch. And that she had even done trial runs of the near three-hour drive to Skidmore and back. Yeah, there is... Plus, like, she created the account on the trap room. She set this all up. Like, there is so much premeditation. Exactly. Like, no matter how delusional you are, you can't keep that up for however long she was doing that and have that all planned out and it be... Yeah. ...a reasonable defense. Well, that's the whole thing that a lot of criminals don't get about the insanity play. It's that it's not proving that you're insane. It's that you're insane enough to not understand right from wrong. Yeah. And she proved that she knew it was wrong because she premeditated the whole thing and did it so covertly. Yeah. And then executed it and then deliberately hid it while watching the Amber Alerts. Yeah. Like, that's not her being like, oh, I didn't know it was wrong to steal a baby. Sorry. Yeah. Like, no. Sorry, honey. Yeah. Um... In October 2007, the jury found her guilty and recommended the death penalty. Mm-hmm. In April 2008, Judge Gary uh, Fenner sentenced Lisa Montgomery to death. Mm-hmm. January 13th, 2021. It's the day after my birthday. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <I'm sad. laughs> At 1.31 a.m. Yeah. So an hour and 31 minutes after your birthday, it ended. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lisa Montgomery was the first female federal prisoner in 67 years to be executed and the fourth female federal prisoner to ever be executed. I was actually thinking about this the other day um, because I was I was thinking about like the massive amount like amount gap there is between, you know, male serial killers and female serial killers like they exist, but there is such a big difference. But it's also it's also the thing that gets me about that fact which is a big deal and stuff in the u.s but for us there's still a lot of women on death row from the state government yeah you know not from the federal government not really but because the fbi was involved and it was children yeah it became federal yeah it's federal because she won across state lines yeah she went from missouri to kansas yeah um they just have to get involved in that case yeah exactly but so it's not to me, the the her being the the first female prisoner in sixty seven years, isn't a, as big a deal because it's not like there hasn't been a female executed in sixty seven years. It's just at the federal level. Oh, I just mean like in general, like you know, we can probably rattle off a whole bunch of male serial killers. Oh yeah, but in terms of like the female ones, like we know a few big ones, but it's just it doesn't happen as often, and I just find that really interesting. Hmm. But yeah. No, uh, there's definitely been other women executed. Like, yeah. that has happened. But, um, I mean, it's still a big thing when anyone is executed because it means they've done something really freaking horrible. Yeah. So. Um, but there was a lot of a lot of people saying that because of her history and stuff like that, she probably shouldn't have been executed because she mm. did have, like, visible brain damage mm. from beatings and things like that when she was a kid and all that kind of stuff. So she likely shouldn't have been um executed yeah but in prison for the rest of her life kind of thing i gotta admit i'm kind of feeling that way because she clearly had horrendous trauma and you know while a lot of people with trauma do not end up murderers and stealing babies you know even that is considered brain brain damage as well and while she may have still understood right from wrong you know, her impulse control issues are probably there. I think it's just the premeditation that gets me. Yeah, I think definitely life in prison for sure. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's done uh, It's now. too late now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know how I have a thing with last words and last meals? I couldn't yes. find anything on her last meal, which really bugged me. Yeah, it's not. Um, but when asked if she had any last words, she simply said no. Mm. I was like, all right. Mm. Okay. 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 And that is the murder of Bobby Jost in it and the exec- execution of Lisa Marie Montgomery. Also, Victoria is fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> she's she's totally fine. She'd be, I think, what, 16 now? What year was it? 2004. Yep. 
yeah 1617 yeah um so and she is she still lives in the same skidmore town the tiny mm-hmm. little town with her dad zeb um mm-hmm. and she's they just keep her like they're the whole town is super protective and fiercely private of her which is really cute like the whole town i think they did interviews with like the mayor and stuff like that and they're like yeah we they don't allow like media or press or anything like that in there they do it all to protect her and stuff which i think is really sweet that the whole sort of town came together yeah i know it's adorable well that's the thing like she it's a horrible tragedy like she doesn't need to be reminded of that all the time and And it's her the day of her birth is her mum's anniversary of murder murder. Yeah. yeah Aww. Which sucks. Well done, town. Yeah. Out of you guys. Yeah. Aww. So that's really cute. So it does end on like a kind of yeah, cute that's, note that. That's that, nice. At least that, the daughters. Yeah. Faith fine. in humanity remotely restored. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm going to send this to you if I can find it again. But I actually watched a full documentary on crimes where women have stolen babies from uterus yeah really it happens more than you think i know i know of maybe two other stories i don't know the details off the top of my head but i know of maybe two other stories that i've heard of it happening well that's the thing like this documentary was so interesting because they were like it was basically it was very like psychological so it wasn't so much about the crimes it was about like the psychology of these women that do the crimes Mm -hmm. and they were like it's happened so many times we're now having to diagnose it as something yeah i did see that there was a a diagnosis for it because they at the start they did try and say that she had that but she didn't meet any of the criteria for like it's kind of like phantom pregnancy where she genuinely yeah. believed she was pregnant yeah but they were able to like pinpoint the fact that she knew she was lying yeah and that she was doing it to trick people for whatever reason well that's what they said in this documentary they were like with this medical condition there isn't an absence of awareness that what they're doing is wrong but they're basically like they have such a drive to have a baby and to fulfill that that they don't care how they get it. So they don't see that this is another woman's child. They go, that's my child. And they just completely mm. hop, skip and jump over any logic. I just don't, she had kids. Yeah, she, she had her had own kids already. Kids. Yeah. But also I tried to find, because I've, I've seen it before where like, um, women fake the pregnancy and they buy those like fake baby bumps that you, yeah. that they use for like props and movies and yeah. stuff like that. But I couldn't find any information that she'd done that. So I want to know how the husband thought she was pregnant if she didn't have like a fake bump or something. I mean, he was a little bit obtuse, to put it nicely. That's such a good (laughs) word. You know what I saw? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think this applies to him in general, but I did find, I did hear something. um, I think it was just on like a YouTube channel I was watching. And it's just my favorite thing. It's hot as lava, but just as thick. (laughs) things where someone would say it to you and you're like oh wait a second hold on yeah <laughs> yeah hot yeah. as lava just as thick that's hot as lava but just as thick it's, it's my thing i love it it's great oh, i'm gonna find someone to describe as that yeah mm. we could probably describe each other as that probably <laughs> <laughs> um oh you're right that case was a bummer yeah sorry oh my the, actually the fact that the end about the town made me feel all right yeah i just thought that was really cute yeah that's so nice yeah she's got like a big town family now yeah well i mean if you've got a a town that's like that small mm. and like i looked at a map of skidmore and it's like six roads like oh it's nothing gosh. it's so tiny a micro town yeah exactly um and it's like right in the middle of the like u.s like it's just the heart of nowhere kind of place like that's a bit cute <laughs> yeah that's the heart of nowhere but it's full of heart yeah but it's probably like mm. the best place for like somebody with that kind of history to be yeah as well and it'd be nice and safe and everyone would know her and she doesn't have to talk about it and yeah she can live a happy little life yeah and she also doesn't have to explain it to anyone yeah either yeah and it's also like if she ever did want to go on to bigger and better things she could leave and no- none of it would follow her she yeah. just up and leave and go somewhere else and yeah that'd be it but yeah anyway so that's that story um so i guess while we're talking about um documentaries and youtube and stuff like that i know it hasn't been that long since we've sort of done it but do you have any recommendation station or what you're watching kind of thing i always have youtube recommendations because (laughs) as you know i ran out of uh documentaries on netflix to watch about murder (laughs) um i still have to watch the 
Night Stalker one, mm. but it's been two days, so I'm not in trouble yeah. for that yet. I'm going to write it down. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was my reward for getting today's episode done. So once I written, I nearly said once I'd written, once I'd writ this episode, that's not English. But once I had written this episode, <laughs> I'm allowed to watch Night Stalker. Um, but no, because I've run out of uh, documentaries to watch on Netflix, I have now moved to YouTube and I have a bunch of channels. But the one I've been really getting into is um, old reruns of Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> which <laughs> is just amazing because I watched the um, I watched the new series series first because there's two now and I loved it. And I was like, I want more content though. So now I've tracked down the series from the 90s and it's just, it's so campy and it's so interesting and um, they do all updates. So like they've solved a whole bunch of the cases. That's cool. It's very cool. And like they've tracked down fugitives and murderers and identified people and it's amazing. That's cool. It is. And it's like, like to think that a TV show could do something like that is just a bit amazing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to watch it, it, the channel is literally called, like, Unsolved Mysteries Full Episodes, and you can just watch full episodes. That's so cool. I've been doing that for hours. Um, I – so I've just been re-watching Marcella because I want to watch the new season. I know it's been out for ages, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. So I started from season one again. Um, but Tana sent me this thing this morning, and I'm going to have to send it to you. Okay. And apparently it's something to do with CIA has now released all of their files on UFOs. I saw this. Did you? Yeah. Um, I think it has something to do with, I think it's like statute of limitations or something where like all these cases happened and like the the time limits have all run out now. So they have to release them to the, to the public. That's so cool. Yeah. So I want to, I want to dig into that and have Mm -hmm. a look at that. I um, think that's what – it could be something else where it's like they've changed privacy legislation or something, so they have yeah. to share it. But Either way, it's out there. <gasps> I'm so excited. Yeah. I yeah. also don't want to know, but, like, I have to know, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, what if what if it's things we don't want to know, you know? Yeah. I feel like – I don't – I wonder when they released it because I feel like we would already know all the big important things already. I thought it wasn't released yet. I thought they had oh. a deadline. Maybe. Let that might do, be why we don't know yet. Let me do a li- It's the FBI, yes? CIA. CIA, okay. CIA release documents. Oh, there's a lot of... It's like CIA release documents 2020, afterlife manifestation, telekinesis, energy hologram and simulation. What? <laughs> um, okay. Oh, maybe they are. Okay, this is space.com. CIA. Sounds reliable. Yeah. <laughs> CIA releases entire collection of UFO-related documents to truth-seeking websites. The Black Vault documents cover everything from mysterious Russian explosions to top government officials being hand-delivered UFO intel. Um, it's more than three decades worth. Jesus. Oh, there's a link. Yours to download and peruse. It's a data dump, I can tell you that. Oh, okay. Here we go. Do, do, do. So it goes back to 1996. Um, originally, the CIA would only release about a thousand pages that had been previously disclosed after an FOIA. Freedom of Information Act. There you go. <laughs> I was trying to figure that one Why out. Why did I know that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't know that, to be honest. Um, court case in the 1980s, but they never addressed the records that were dated in the years after the case. Although the CIA claims this is their entire declassified collection, there may be no way to entirely verify that fact. What's our homework for next week? CIA files. I feel like that can be our thing to talk about because I don't know if there'd be enough to do a case on it, but we'll Oh yeah, we'll just bring we'll it look up. into it. Yeah. yeah. Um oh, I think that's it, really. Yeah. I'm I have a fact that I just really want to share. Okay, go because on to your facts. Okay, so I watched um Daniel Sloth, he Sloth. Daniel Sloss, he's a comedian. He did a set and he told me my new favorite fact. And mm-hmm. he did a whole set on it. But did you know that 94% of all animal species have evidence of homosexuality? Yes. I didn't. I knew it was a lot, but 94%. Yeah. That's a lot. And I just, it makes me really happy to think about like gay animals. <laughs> <laughs> Not like doing anything. No, I just like the sentence. Just like, you know, penguins holding hands, but they're like, penguins don't have hands. Stuff. They have little flappy hands. They have flippers. 
wings. They do the best they can. <laughs> but it just it makes me really happy. And then I think um, I think he said in his set he's like, do you think that you know penguins and shit also have bigoted people who don't think their lifestyle bigoted are penguins? Yeah. Mm, and I was like, no, because animals are better than us. So and also they can't really talk about it. Exactly. But you know, I also think about like gay fish just swimming together and like I love the there's a video on YouTube somewhere of a woman crying when she finds out that swans can be gay. <laughs> She's just so happy. Actually me though. <laughs> <laughs> um thank you everyone for listening this week. Um follow us on do the regular follow us on Instagram. Um join the Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. We actually have a couple of new members. Oh, do we? I yeah. really need to get on there. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. I'm keeping tabs on it. Yeah, cool. But um, welcome to our new members. Thank you for following. For That's joining. great. I don't know. What, what do you do on Facebook? Joining. You joining. join the group. Thank you for joining the group. Yeah. I'm very excited. Um, also, don't forget we're still taking story submissions. Yes. Yes. Do that. Um, you can email them to deadobsessedpod at gmail.com or on our Instagram and our Facebook page, there's like a little link tree. Just click on that and it says submit your story there. So we've got mm-hmm. a few on there. We want to get some as much in as we can. Yeah. So just send us all the things. If you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, I know there's quite a few of you, um, submit us a, a review. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do the five-star rate and review stuff or share us with a friend, all that kind of stuff. It just, it all helps to to get out there and it makes us feel special. Yeah. <laughs> and it builds our little pod family because we love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. We like talking to you. We like, we read all of your feedback. So if you've got anything you want us to do or you're not happy with let us know yeah if you want to tell us something nice we also really like that <laughs> we like affection yes. if you hate anything about us fuck off we don't care okay. <laughs> we're not gonna change we'll still listen to it though <laughs> <laughs> laura will obsess over it i will ignore it yeah <laughs> um so yeah thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next week i've been ash i've been laura bye, bye guys